I am going to the uh, 14th chapter of the book of John. John chapter 14. And I read four verses of Scripture beginning with verse number 4. John 14 verse 4 reading down through verse number 7. Jesus is speaking to His disciples in this context. And He's getting ready to leave. And He's giving them some final instructions here. And and we'll find that yet they do not understand the purpose of Jesus and and, uh, His will and His plan. He said in verse number 4 and... And whither I go, you know, and the way, you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Amen. I certainly do not have time to speak on all that Jesus is saying in these four verses of Scripture. I want to take part of this and use for a text and, and talk to you on the subject in a world that has lost its way. Jesus Christ is the way. Amen. How many believe that this morning? Amen. In a world that has lost its way, Jesus Christ is the way. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the world in which we are in currently, it seems that everywhere you turn every news report that you hear every news video that you could see things seem to be getting increasingly increasingly worse it it's almost like people don't know what to do but they also don't know where to turn. And so sin becomes more and more rampant, and not only just rampant, but it grows more and more volatile. I I don't know that I have ever lived in an age where the purveyors of sin have been more volatile than they are now. 
You know, the idea behind, you know, a lot of what we're experiencing is that you will, you will accept me in whatever life or lifestyle that I choose. You may not agree with me, but you will accept me or you will be canceled. Your voice will cancel it out. Um, your ideas will cancel. So if you don't accept me for who I am and what I say that I am, then you're, you're not going to matter you know, any longer. People have, have lost their way. I'm not going to get into... Our, uh, our, our political uh, environment as it is currently, but uh, it, it seems that our government for years has lost its way. We are increasingly being told that, that our government is the answer to, to everything, when in reality our government is not the answer to anything. Amen. Because it really doesn't matter who is sitting in the Oval Office or who occupies the White House or which side of the aisle is in control of the Congress. As long as sin is in the world and, uh, and, and people continue to turn their heart and their lives in a direction that is contrary to the will and the Word of God, this world is going to be full of trouble. Amen. Amen. Or one writer said that man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. And uh, what he's saying is it's just a, it's a natural course. Trouble is going to be a part of our existence. But we don't have to be bogged down or focus on the trouble of the land or or the nation, uh, or the world. We, we have to keep in mind that we know the solution to all of the problems. Right. Amen. And I, you know, I, uh, I hear, you know, a lot about the, the, uh, the issue with, you know, people decrying and complaining and, and uh, being angry. Because the Supreme Court, they say, overturned Roe versus Wade. They, they didn't overturn Roe versus Wade. They sent it back to the states for the states to deal with it in a manner that state legislators and state voters, you know, would see fit, you know, to deal with that. And, and while we can, you know, we, we can uh, be excited you know, about that, here's, here's, here's the bottom line. They, they can do with abortion legally, from a legal standpoint, all that they want to do, but as long as there's sin in the world, there are people who are going to be murdering unborn children. Amen. Amen. So, so really overturning a, a law 
uh, is, is not going to make everything right. It's not going to make the world okay. It's not going to make the nation any better spiritually than what it was before the law was overturned. From, from an economic standpoint, we're, we're not in good shape economically. There's people running around the world, you know, or the nation, you know, talking about how bad the economy is. And I agree, it's not, not what we have been accustomed to. And, and it may get worse before it gets better. But even a change in the economic status of our nation is still not going to make everything okay. Because as long as sin is, is at issue, then there are still going to be problems. And so we can't focus on you know, whether the economy is good or whether it's bad or in the middle I, I, I concede the argument that uh, the state of the economy does affect us. It, it affects us. I, I don't like paying as much for a gallon of gas as we pay, but it's not going to do me any good to, you know, to, uh, to, to allow myself to focus you know, on that. Because even if gas prices were back down below $2 a gallon, it's still not going to make everything okay in our society or our culture or our world. Because again, as long as people live and turn their backs on God and the principles of God's Word, there is always going to be trouble. There's always going to be problems. It has been this way. Since the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And it is going to continue to be this way. And until At least from, from our perspective. At least until the rapture of the church. Now, I am not trying to paint you a, a dire picture today. And, and, and to send you away from this place depressed and your head hung down because of the status that we find ourselves in as a global uh, people today. But what I want to try to do is instill hope in you because there is hope for this world. Amen. And there will continue to be hope for this world. And that hope is Jesus Christ. Amen. And none other than Jesus Christ. Amen. Because Jesus is the only one that can make things better in this world. And so in the, the setting of the scripture, Jesus is focusing here and he's talking to his disciples uh, before his impending ascension back into heaven. And his destination is under discussion. He, he had shaken the disciples badly, discuss, discussing at length the fact that he was leaving them. This, of course, uh, was a prediction of his death and ascension. But in the text, when Jesus said to them, And whether I go, you know, and the way that you know. Thomas answers to him 
and contradicted Jesus and spoke with skepticism. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And, and how can we know the way? So he said, we don't know where you're going. You're talking about leaving. We don't know where you're going. You, you said that we know where you're going and, and the way. We also know and, and we don't know where you're going. And, and how can we know the way? So here sat the disciples. They're thinking that Jesus was about to lead them to set up the kingdom of God on earth. Freeing Israel and establishing it as the greatest nation on earth. Then, all of a sudden, he began to talk about going someplace. In addition, he insisted that they could not follow him. So they were, of course, thinking in terms of an earthly and a temporal government of worldly positions and of power and of wealth and of possessions and even of pomp and, and of ceremony. That this was their problem. Jesus had told them that He was going in simple and clear terms. And He said the time and time again that He was to die and to rise again. And then there were other times that He told them time and time again that He was going to the Father. However, they refused to accept the fact that the result was inevitable. They were misunderstanding what He was saying and doomed to fail in their allegiance to Him. I know. I want you to notice two things about the, this passage of Scripture. I, I, number one, I want you to notice the, the contradiction and the skepticism of even the world today. See, the world is really not a whole lot different than, than what Thomas evidenced to Jesus when he said, we don't know where you're going and, and we don't even know the way. And so, and so the world proclaims concerning God, they're not asking where is He going or where is He or how can we know Him or how can we come into relationship with Him. Our world today is saying that God is wherever you want Him to be. So if, if God is in the life that I want to live, then that's where God is. The world would tell you, you can find God wherever you look for Him. So it, it doesn't matter if there's a particular lifestyle in which you want to live. You can find God there. It doesn't matter what gender you want to identify yourself with. You can find God there. God is wherever you want Him to be. God is however you want Him to be. But listen to me. 
This, this is, and we, we are seeing right now that this attitude and this concept is, is currently and will continue to be a colossal failure. Because realistically, God is not wherever you want to find Him. Realistically and even biblically, God is not in just whatever life you want to live and, and whatever lifestyle you want to portray to, to the rest of the world. The, the reality of it is that, that God is not in all of that. God doesn't approve of that. And, and so every man then must Find and discover His own way. Because whatever your own way is, that's where you'll find peace and that's where you'll find happiness and that's where you're going to find the fulfillment of your life. It's, it's in whatever way that you want to choose and however you want to live life. But, but hear me again this morning. When, when we take that approach and when we take that attitude, we are going really contradictory to what the Bible declares. Because the wise man Solomon said it like this in Proverbs 14 in verse number 12. And then he, he said it again in chapter 16 and verse number 25. He said, there is a way which seems right to a man. He said, when you look at it from the, from the physical observation, when, when you look at it from the eyes of the flesh, there is a way. Somebody say a way. There is a way. There is a life. There is a lifestyle that seems right to a man. And, and again, that is the message of this world. Whatever's good for you, who's to say it's not good? Whatever's right for you, who is, who is able to stand and contradict and declare that that is wrong and that's not the way you should live and not the way that you should go? There's a way that seems right to a man. When he looks at it, it appears to be the right thing to do. When he looks at it, it appears to make common sense. We, we always place a premium on common sense. And common sense is a good thing. I heard somebody say the other day, common sense is not so common any longer. And to that I will raise both hands and give a hearty amen. Common sense is an uncommon thing. However, you, can, you cannot place full trust in common sense. And I agree common sense is valuable. But when it comes to the ways of God and, and a life that we should live and, and, and the witness that we should be proclaiming to the world today, common sense is not always right. It's kind of like the vocation that, you know, that, that I'm in. You know, the first thing that I learned, one of the first things, maybe not the first thing, but one of the first things that I learned is that when, when you are... When, when you are dealing with, 
with with uh, uh, with with insects, and you're dealing with diseases, and uh, you're dealing with uh, you know with varieties of weeds and and different kinds of plants. There there are some things, brother Thomas, that would make common sense. You know that when you're advising people and. And, and you know, you'd, you'd say, you know, well, if you do this, then this is going to be the result. Why? Can you say that? Because without knowledge and without training, it makes common sense. But I learned early on that you can't always rely on common sense because what seems to make common sense to you may be totally contradictory to the laws of nature. And you could, in effect, be telling them something Something that is totally the opposite of what they need to be doing. That's kind of what Solomon is saying when it comes to life and our affairs and how we live. Solomon says there's a, there's a way that seems right to a man. He said, but the result of that is going to be death. It's going to be death. Amen. There's a way that seems right, but the end thereof are the ways of of death. And so Solomon stated that twice in, in his writing. So while the world would say, you know, whatever, wherever you think you can find God, then, then that's where you can find Him and that's the way that you should go. Solomon said there could be some things out there that look like the way and looks like the things that we should do. He said, but you need to consider the result. You need to consider the end of it. Because the end are the ways of death. And the second thought on this, on this concept is the man who thinks in worldly terms and lives for things like position and power and wealth and honor and possessions will never know where Christ has gone and he'll never know how to get there. As Jesus told Nicodemus, unless he was born again, he would not he could not see nor could he even enter into the kingdom of God amen and that echoed Paul echoed the words of Jesus to the church at Corinth when he said but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God amen Paul is saying there are some things amen that has to do with the flesh and the natural man that you cannot even understand the things of the Spirit. He said the reason is that or, or he can't he, he can't receive he can't understand he can't receive them because number one they're foolishness to him. I'm going to tell you something right now the things of God are foolishness to the eyes and the ways of the world. It makes absolutely no sense. That's why we, we see attacks on churches now. We see attacks on Christians now. We, we see people getting up and saying things against Christianity as, as a whole. Why? Because the natural man cannot receive the things of God. They make no sense to him. They are foolishness unto him. It, it's like talking a foreign language. It, it's a way. It's a life. It's a direction that makes absolutely no sense. And we should not be surprised by that because Paul Paul said, hey, they cannot receive it. 
They can't. They don't understand. The concept is so foreign to the ideas and the ways of the world that the things of God and the ways of God are, are foolishness to them. And Paul went on and he said, neither can he know them. Not only can, can a natural man not receive the things of God because they're foolishness to him. He said the second thing is they can't, they can't even know them. They can't know them. There's no way that the natural can understand the spiritual. That's the reason in the teaching of Jesus, He talked about the natural to convey the truth of the spiritual. Paul did the same thing. Paul talked about fighting. And he said, I fight not as one that beats the air. He's, he's, ta- he's not talking about beating up the air for Pete's sake. He's talking about shadow boxing. He's talking about practicing. He said, I don't fight as one that's just beating the air. He said, I'm not shadow boxing here. What's he trying to do? He's taking the natural to help us to understand the spiritual concept. He took it further. And he talks about the Olympian games. And he talks about a race. And he said, you know that we're all in a race. But there's only one that's going to receive the prize. He said, so you've got to run that you may obtain. He's not talking about physical running. He's not talking about a physical race. He's he's using the things of the natural flesh to convey spiritual truths and spiritual concepts to people that don't have, or did not have, and some of them did not have the Spirit of God. He can't know them, Paul said, because they are spiritually discerned. He said you've got to have the Spirit to understand the things of the Spirit. Here's the problem with the world in which we live today. They're devoid of the Spirit of God. So the things of God are foolishness to them. They can't know them. They they cannot know them. And again, it should not surprise us when we, as a body of Christ, when we encounter these kinds of things, we need to understand what the Word of God says tells us and if we understand what the word of God tells us we can better be able to to help those uh, that are floundering out there that has lost their way amen they don't know what to do uh, they're searching but yet they don't know where to search uh, they're, 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 what they're doing again is following really in the words of Thomas we don't even know where you're going uh, and how can we know the way uh, if we don't know where you're going we don't know where to look for you we don't know how to get there amen but I'm telling you you and I know the way today because Jesus looked at that man and said you know what he said I am the way I am the truth and I am the life amen I'm telling you Jesus Christ is still the answer to this world's dilemma today still the answer And so, Jesus said, I am the way. If you'll focus on me, if you'll put your trust in me, if you'll obey me, Jesus said, I'll lead you in the way. 
I'll lead you in the right way. I'll guide you in the direction that you need to go. Oh, I wish the world understood that today. I wish our nation understood that this morning. I wish our government understood that. If, that if we just look to Jesus Christ, amen, He said, I am the way. I am the way. Does anybody believe that today? Amen. I'm going to tell you, philosophy is not the way. Ideology is not the way. Eastern religion is not the way. Hedonism is not the way. Jesus said, I am the way. And if you want to know the way, you've got to look to Him. I am the way. There's a difference between pointing the way to a particular place and taking someone by the hand and leading them there. How many's ever gotten directions from somebody when you got lost? You know, it's a hard thing for a man to do. Hard thing. The concept of a man is I I can get there. I don't know where I am now, but but I can get there. It's almost like we think we've got this inherent GPS system in us. Always knows what direction to go. You know, some, somebody said that, you know, heard, heard this years ago that somebody asked of Daniel Boone when he was, when he was exploring uh, what, what's now, we know now is the Midwest, but, you know, it, it was back in Daniel Boone's day that, uh, you know, it was nothing but just wilderness. You know, trees and grass and Indians and stuff like that. Somebody asked, Daniel Boone said, have you ever been lost? He said, no, I've never been lost. He said, but I was turned around for three weeks one time. So so there's a difference between pointing the way to somebody and taking them by the hand and, and leading them in the right way. I, I like the little comical stuff, you know, people talk about the South and, you know, getting directions, you know, in, in the south, southern United States. You know, and some directions kind of go like this. Well, you, you want to go down this road, oh, I don't know, three or four miles, you know, and, and when you get to a fork in the road, you want to take that left fork. You're going to go down there, you know, until you get to this big oak tree. You know, that's right beside the road. And when you get to that big oak tree that's right on the right side of the road, you're going you're gonna to find a dirt road. And you're going to take that dirt road to the right. And oh, you're going to go on down that road for, I, I don't know how far, but you're going you're gonna to come to this house that, you know, the right corner on the front porch is kind of leaning you know, a little bit, and, and you're going to go past that house, you know, you know probably 100, 200 yards or something like that, and, and then you're going to find this little dirt driveway to, to, to the left. Now, it's, it's going to be easy to miss that dirt driveway because there's hedges there, but you're going to see a little cut in the hedges, and, and then there's that driveway. You go down to the end of that driveway, and that's what you're looking for. Now, did anybody write that down? 
That's kind of how you give directions in, in the South. Now here's, here's the problem with that. It can be a hit or miss proposition. It can be a hit or miss proposition. I, I, remember, I remember years ago, Sister Mary, I was going to a customer's house. I'd never been there before. I'm looking and the direction says, go, go down Highway 9, you know, one or two miles. And, and you'll see the mailbox with a number on the right-hand side of the road. Well, I take that at face value. And I'm, I'm clocking one or two miles. I'm like, okay, we got a mile variance here. One, one or two miles down, down this road. And I go, I go two miles and there's no mailbox. I go two more miles and there's no mailbox. I go another mile and there's no... Now mind you, I'm supposed to go down there one or two miles. And I, and I go five miles and there's, and there's no mailbox. And finally, I, I call you know, a, a man that, that had been you know, and, and knew that, that property. And I, I said, hey, this, this is where I am. You know, the direction says go one to two miles in the mail. He said, oh, you're another five miles from that mailbox from where you are. I said, well, that's eight or nine miles. He said, you got to take into consideration the man that wrote the directions. Because to him, one to two miles is going to end up being eight to ten miles. So there's a difference between somebody pointing the way and them taking you by the hand and leading you the way. Or in, into, in the direction that you need to go. And again, Jesus said, I am the way. Amen. Let me tell you something. The person who guides a person to their destination literally becomes the way that he, himself. Amen. And Jesus said, let me tell you something. He said, I'll take you. I'm going to lead you and I'm going to guide you. Amen. David, the, the writer said that he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So he literally guides because he is the way. He has become the way. I, I know a little bit about guiding. Years ago, I, you know, I I've done work as as a hunting guide on on some property and that was owned by my then boss. And you know, they would have charity hunts. The the Rotary Club would have charity hunts and I've I served as a as a hunting guide once a year for a number of years. You know, now it wasn't my job to take those men that, that would come in from all parts of the United States. You know, I, I could sit in that in that camp house and show them a map of fourteen hundred acres that is split in two sections. And I can show them a map and I can show them where, where, where deer stands are on, on, those, on that map, on those two, two tracts of land. And I could point to one and I could say, okay, all right, now you, I want you to go to this stand in the morning. Now you're going to have to leave here probably around four o'clock in the morning to be there before daylight, but you go to this stand. Well, well, how do I get there? Well, look at the map. 
it, it's on the map right there. See, see that dot? That's where you're going. But how, but how do I get there? See, they, they would have absolutely no clue on how to get to where I'm telling them to go. And, and so what, and because of that, it was my job to ascend, not to take them by the hand, but, but to make sure that they're up and they're fed and, and they're in the truck and I get them where I want them to be by a particular time. I didn't take them by the hand to where they needed to go. I literally took them to where they needed to go. Why? Because it was my job to be a guide to them. I knew where they were going. I knew the direction they had to take to get there. I knew how long it was going to take. I had to do more than just point in a direction and say go here, you know, about 500 yards and then take a left and another 500 yards and you're going to see a green field on the other side I had to do more than that I had to be the way to them and Jesus told his disciples after the skepticism of Thomas when Thomas said we don't know where you're going and we certainly don't know how to get there Jesus said I am the way I am. I want you to notice that article, that grammatical article, the. In this case, it's singular. Meaning there's not but one way. So contrary to what the world says, you can, wherever you want to find God, you can find Him. Jesus said, I am the way. Implication is there's not another way. You're not going to find Him just wherever you, you feel like you want to go and your, your life carries you in the lifestyle that you want to live. You're not going to find Him there. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. Brother Tim sang about that truth. He said, I am the truth. Truth. Amen. There, there's a difference between telling someone about the truth and living the truth before them. Difference in that. I can tell them the truth. But it's going to mean a whole lot more if I live the truth before them. Amen. And Jesus said, I am the Truth, the one who lived truth in the case of Jesus, literally becomes the truth. Jesus Christ is the embodiment of, of truth. He was truth manifested in a physical body. He is the picture of truth. So God not only talks to man about himself, God shows man what he is like in the person of Jesus Christ because he is the truth. He is the truth. He is Jesus Christ is the communicator. He's not only the embodiment of truth, but he is the communicator of truth.
He Himself, His person, His life. He reveals the ultimate source and meaning and the end of all things. He is the truth. Anybody thank God for the truth? Amen. Amen. And And Jesus said, I am the life. There's a difference between telling someone about life and actually living life. The one who lives life is the one who possesses life. And the more perfect one lives, the more life one possesses. Jesus Christ lived perfectly. Therefore, He possesses life perfectly. Jesus Christ is the one the Scripture said there was no vial that was found in His mouth. Jesus never did anything wrong. He never, he never said the wrong word. Jesus never cussed. Je- Jesus never performed or, 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 or uh, uh, did any sin. He never spoke any sin. He, he was the perfect embodiment of what true life and living is all about. In fact, it was about Jesus Christ that John said, in Him was life. Amen. And the life was the light of men. Amen. In Him, talking about Jesus Christ, was life and the life was the light of men. Jesus said of Himself in John chapter 10 and verse number 10, I am come that they might have life and that more abundantly. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. He possesses life. He'll give you life. And if this world would realize that Jesus is the answer to every problem of life, they can live life more abundantly. Jesus said to Jesus said to to Mary He said I am the resurrection and the life He that believes in me though he were dead yet shall he live Amen So it, it doesn't matter what to world is doing what our nation is doing there's going to be evil in the world and and I'll tell you according to the word of God after the rapture of the church evil's going to get worse it's going to get worse after the rapture of the church so there's always going to be murders There's always going to be thefts and robberies. There's always going to be abortions. There's always going to be things like prostitution. There's always going to be problems with drugs and problems with alcohol and and, and problems with every vice of life. There's always going to be problems with that. As long as as this present earth is in, in existence. So it really doesn't matter what the world does or what the nation as a whole does. It matters this morning what you do. 
Because it doesn't matter what circumstance of life that you find yourself in right now. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is the answer. He's the way. He's the truth. And He's the life. The circumstances of your life may be different than mine. You know, and, and no doubt probably is because, because we are as, as, as different and as varied sometimes as the, the differences in daylight and dark. <clears throat> so each one of us this morning have differing circumstances that we're facing in our lives right now. The things that affect the world affect you as well. I've kind of said it like this. Just, you know, if you, you live for God, you've got the Holy Ghost and you live a righteous life. You know, that doesn't mean that when you pull up to the gas pump, there's an invisible hand from an angel that, that rolls back that $3.39 a gallon back to $1.85 a gallon. It doesn't happen that way. You pay the same price the sinner pays. When you go to the grocery store and you buy that dozen of eggs and that carton of milk and you know when 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 you go through that checkout line there's not something miraculously happens to the you know to that that cash that used to be a cash register you know not something that hap- miraculously happens that all of a sudden rolls back to prices you're going to pay the same price that the man or woman in front of you paid and the one that follows you paid So there are certain things that happen in this world that's going to affect you just like it affects the unrighteous. And so there there are things in our lives right now that only Jesus Christ can help. Just as He's the answer to the problems of this nation and this world, He's also the answer to the problems of your life. So wherever you find him in in or, or find yourself in relationship with him, he's still the answer to everything. It, you may not know him through the power of the Holy Ghost today, but I'm telling you he's the answer to life's dilemmas. You may know him through the Holy Ghost. You, you may have relationship with Him today. But I'm still telling you that the problems and the situations that you face in your life, Jesus Christ is still the answer. Amen. Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. We certainly don't know how to get there. If we don't know where you're going, how can we know how to get there? But I'm going to tell you how to get to Him this morning. If you don't know Him through the power of the Holy Ghost, you find Him at an altar of repentance. That's where you're going to find Him. If you know Him through the power of the Holy Ghost, you're still going to find Him 
at some kind of an altar of prayer to where you approach Him. And then you do as, as Peter commanded the church to cast all of your cares upon Him because He cares for you. Can I tell you this morning in closing, Jesus Christ is not only the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ cares for you today. He knows every heartache. He knows every pain. He knows every sorrow. He knows every teardrop that falls. He knows every bit of it. And He cares for you. Amen? Let's stand this morning. In a world that has lost its way, Jesus Christ is the way. In a life maybe that has lost its way, Jesus Christ is still the way. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. If there's anybody here today that you don't know Him through the power of the Holy Ghost, these altars are open today. People will pray with you and pray for you. And I promise you, Jesus Christ will do dramatic things in your life today. And, And if you do know Him through the power of the Holy Ghost, but yet... You just feel the need to talk to Him or to, to, to call out to Him. You, you can find yourself in an altar. You can call out to Him right where you are. I promise you He'll hear every cry. He will take heed to every petition, every circumstance. If you're hurting in your spirit today, you call out to Him And He will take care of you. You're hurting in your physical body. Jesus Christ is the healer. If you're hurting in your mind, Jesus Christ is our Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Call upon Him this morning.